Right now, I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book, the book of Ephesians, chapter 5 and verse 22. My message this morning, it's really going to have kind of a long intro and really a short message. But there's a, the message that I'm wanting to get to, I think to be able to get this message across, we've got to kind of look at some of the basics when it comes to Marriage, and when it comes to the relationship between a husband and a wife, I thought you know Valentine's Day appropriate time to talk about this. Of course, when on Valentine's Day, that's when everybody wants to talk about love. And our world today has a very goofed up meaning when it comes to love. They don't understand it one bit. Uh, They've got a very distorted idea about it. You know, we think that love and romance is what we see on television. And the way Hollywood portrays it. And that's not what it is at all. And in fact, when we look at what the Bible has to say about it, I mean, it's, it's totally opposite of what we're seeing on television and on Hollywood. But for some of these claims that I'm going to make today, so they, they sound so foreign to the world and what they're used to. I think before we, I get into some of these things, we need to go back and look at what the Scripture says, how God laid things out, what his plan is, because some of the things that I'm going to say, and I don't ever shoot to be politically incorrect when I'm preaching. Okay, Now, when I'm not preaching, I like being politically incorrect just to aggravate people sometimes. Uh, but when I'm preaching, it's not ever my goal, but sometimes, uh, in fact, a lot of times, the Bible is very politically incorrect. And so, some of the things I'm going to say, boy, it, you know, I get in a lot of trouble at certain places in this world today. But I feel comfortable around here. We're at church today. Uh, you all claim to be Bible believers, and I'm going to show you what the Scripture says about it, so you don't get mad at me. Uh, just get mad, at, get mad at the Bible, uh, and uh, you know you can talk with God about that when we stand before Him someday. <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, we're just going to preach what the Word of God says, and so we're going to start out by reading Ephesians chapter five and verse twenty-two, and it says, "Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord." For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish." So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husbands. So we're going to go back and look at some things in there, but there are some really interesting things that we can see in this passage about the husband and the wife. And the Bible talks about you know husbands loving your wives like Christ, wives like Christ love the church. And we see uh, and Jesus Christ, of course, is the greatest example of love that we could ever have, that we could ever imagine. I mean, really, if there's going to be a holiday about love, you would think that holiday would be centered around Jesus Christ, wouldn't you? Seeing He's greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus Christ laid His life down 
for the sins of the world. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I mean, when if we're going to have a holiday celebrating love, it ought to be all about Jesus Christ. And of course, Valentine's Day isn't. But around here, we're going to you know we're going to focus on Christ. We're going to focus on what the Bible says. But before we get into some of these things that we see in this passage that we just read, uh, we need under there's a few things we need to kind of take a step back and understand about the relationship between man and woman. And first off, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 8 and 9. Because God set some things up. And listen, God, when God sets something up, when God has a plan, that plan is good. When God created this world, God saw that it was good, didn't He? I mean, everything He made, it was good. God saw that it was good. And then God put man in the garden and He gave him a rule. And then man went against that rule, didn't they? And it messed everything up. And all these problems that we have in the world today, none of them are God's fault. They are all man's fault because of sin. Because we step out of the will of God. We go against the will of God. And it, there's some chain reactions that come with that. And when it comes to God's plan for a family, when it comes to God's plan for a husband and a wife, the world today has stepped outside of God's plan. They have gone against God's plan. And as a result, it's messed everything up. And you think, I mean, we're not that far off God's plan. Well, I think when you see some of these things that I'm going to say, how politically incorrect they are, and almost maybe even how offensive some of it sounds, you're going to, I think it ought to help us to understand just how far off we are because these things shouldn't be offensive. This is God's Word. This is God's plan that we're talking about. And so the first thing we need to understand when it comes to a man and woman, is that the woman was made for the man. God made the woman for the man. Look at 1 Corinthians 11, verse 8. It says, For the man is not of the woman. Okay, but wait a minute. Is that, that's not talking about birth because I was born of my mom, wasn't I? Okay, but no. The Bible says the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. How has the woman come from a man? Because remember what God did in the Bible? He took the rib from Adam, didn't He? And He made woman for man. That was God's plan. Man needed woman. God looked at man and said, it's not good that man should be alone. Look at, well, let's look at it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. You know, there's this mentality out there. You know, you've got the feminist groups and things today. They all, oh, you know, women, you don't need man. You know, women, you can do everything that men can do. You know, you can be a man if you want. I mean, we've got that kind of thing going on today, and I don't want to. I really don't want to get into that. But that's the mentality of our our today. But listen, woman was created for the man. Genesis chapter two verse eighteen says, "And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him." You know, Adam, he's looking around and. All the animals, there's male and female. God created male and female of everything, but with man, it was just man. There was he was all alone. There were no female there were no females in heaven. There were no female angels. There was all there was no purpose for them in heaven because angels don't reproduce. They don't marry, they're not given in marriage. But when God created man, God wanted him to multiply. And so God made the woman for man. Okay? And nine did you just say there's no female angels? 
Yeah, there's no female angels. That's not in the Bible. I know, I know, touched by an angel. Most of them are women. And I know that shows really theologically accurate, you know. And but and you know, all the Hollywood, you always see that, but you don't see it anywhere in the Bible because the woman was created for Adam. It was created for the man. And look what it, let's keep on reading. It says verse 19, and out of the ground. The Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So right there we see God's plan. God saw that man needed the woman. He needed woman for the help. He said, I will make an help meet for him. Okay, Guys, we need help, don't we? I mean, let's just admit it. You know, women, I mean, you, ought to be, you for sure should be saying amen. You know your husband will be in big trouble on his own. Can you imagine what your house would look like? Can you imagine the decorations in the house if it was all up to the, if it was all up to the husband? Can you imagine how your kids would eat if it was up to the husband? You know, when my wife's not around, it's frozen food that I can stick in the oven. Well, now, thankfully, Abby's, she can cook some. And Abby's helps a lot. Otherwise, it'd be all fast food. Or frozen pizzas when she's gone, because that's about as far as it goes with me. And I'm telling, you, I need the help. First of all, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have any kids to begin with. I would. I mean, there. I mean, we've got to have the help. Man needs the woman, and you know, women. Don't let the feminists convince you that what I'm saying here is offensive and putting women down. It's not one bit. Okay, understanding that God created woman with a specific role and a specific purpose that's not the same as a man's is not putting you down one bit. I mean, you don't see anywhere in the Bible where God is you know, put, putting women as this lowly you know, piece of property don't care about. We see just the opposite. I mean, we're supposed to take care of her. We're supposed to love her. And we're going to get more into that. I mean, the woman is a very special thing. But the world has convinced a lot of women for you to be special, for you to be something, you've got to be a man. And that's not the case. You know, women, you are important and you are valuable, and you don't have to be a man or like a man, okay, to be equal. And man, and men, we've got to we've got to show them that we've got to teach them that. We've got to set, you know show them you know that we do need them. We need the help. We need the companionship. That's very important. We need we need companionship. You know, there's been times my wife, every, every year she'll usually go take a trip to Missouri. Her and all the kids will go there and I'll be home by myself for that week. And listen, I'm, I'm going to admit, for a couple days it's kind of nice. I get a lot done those weeks. I can spend all the time I want here at the church. I get all caught up in everything. I get a lot accomplished when they're all gone. But you know what? After a couple days, I'm ready for them to come back. I wouldn't want them to be gone for very long. And if it was like that all the time, I'd be in trouble. Because I'm a normal man, I need the companionship. And Adam needed that. Also, need to be able to reproduce. Okay? 
if, if men were the ones having kids, the human race would have ceased to exist a long time ago because we're not made for it. We can't take it. We can't handle that kind of pain. And I'm telling you, I've been in there when my wife had every one of those children. And I'm telling you right now, if it was possible, I wouldn't even try. <laughs> there, there's, there's absolutely no way. Uh, I, don't, I don't do anything on purpose that's going to get me landed in a hospital or make me suffer any pain. I, I don't like it. I don't want to have to go to the doctor for anything. And I mean, I, I've got to be dying before I want to go to a doctor. And it's just, it's not going to happen. With me, and man needed the woman, and you know what? God put that in him, that maternal instinct. I mean, they have, my wife, whenever she's had those children, I mean, when when Lana was born, I mean, it was a pretty rough delivery, and I'm, I thought, man, she's, I, I got worried for a little bit. It took a long time, and she was in a lot of pain, and it got really intense, and I was, I was worried. And then my wife, I'm telling you, it, I mean, right after she was born. She was just, all, oh, yeah, just talking like nothing happened, and I'm still traumatized, thinking, "Are you going to live? <laughs> Are you okay?" She's like, you know, and she's like, "Oh, you know," and she's just she's talking like nothing happened, and you know, I know a lot of that's hormones related too, and I don't understand all that, but I mean, it was it was funny just how good of a mood she was in after it happened when I'm still I'm still dying, <laughs> and I'm thinking. This is crazy. And of course, you know, my wife, every time she has a baby, after she's like, that's it. We're never having any more again. That was horrible. I mean, that was so painful. But you know what? It's not long later. And, you know, she sees a newborn baby or something. Oh, that makes me want to have another one. We were looking at home videos the other day, and we saw the video of Lana when she, after she was born. And, oh, that's going to make me want to have another one. I'm, Are you serious? Do you know what you went through <laughs> in that delivery? And you're, you're wanting to have another one? I guess you have to be a woman understand and you see men and women and i know it's sad that we even got to mention this i got to teach this but we're different okay men and women are different and you know what the problem is in many marriages today i believe is that the husband wants the wife to think more like a man okay and then the woman wants the wife the husband to think more like a woman and we've all had those arguments you know you just don't understand my feelings and you know you just don't understand logic, you know. And you know, we and we have, and you have those conflicts sometimes, don't we? Because we're wired different, we think different, and that's fine. It's probably a good thing. Otherwise, our kids, you know, if it wasn't for the wife, you know, my kids would probably have all kinds of infections and you know things. Because you know, when kids get hurt, you know, the dad, ah, toughen up, you're fine, you know, you'll you'll live. You know, the mom, she wants to take care of it. She's going to clean the wound, you know, make sure it's all good, check on it, all that thing. You know, the dad just rubs some dirt in it, you know. And, you know, they probably need to get those wounds clean sometimes. And they need to get bandaged up. And they might even need to go to the hospital and get some stitches and things like that. That happens with kids. And, you know, and that's why you got, but, you know, at the same time, kids, they do need to learn to toughen up sometimes too. And that's why you got the dad. But, you know, sometimes they need taken care of, and that's why you got the mom. So when the dad's pushed them too far, you know, the mom's there to stop it. You know, and it's just, it's perfect balance. It's the way that, it's the way that God has intended it. It's the way that He made us. And we see that men and women are different, and God gave them different roles, and wives are supposed to be in subjection to their husbands. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. I, I, I know that's a big claim. I mean that boy. That's really offensive. There, that's that's sexist. I mean that's that's every bad thing in the world. The feminists, they'd be walking out of here right about now. 
If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, it says, "...let the women learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence." Alright, so that's... Oh man, that's kind of cruel there, isn't it? You know, why do the wives have to be in subjection to their husband? Well, here's one reason too, and I know this might not sound like a good reason, but it's in the Bible because the men were created first. Alright? Man was created... He's like, what? Just because they were created first? You know, it's just like kids, they complain. I have to listen to my older brother just because he's older. You know, I'm smarter than him. I'm more responsible than him. And you know, women, I have to listen to my husband just because he's the man, just because God created man first. I'm smarter than him. I'm more responsible than him. And you know what? You might even be right. <laughs> you might even be right. But that's what, that's what God said. Notice what He says in verse 13. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. You say, well, I don't like that reason. I don't think that's a good reason. Well, that's what God put in the Bible. So that's the reason I'm sticking with God created man first. And not only that, there's a little more to it than that. God created man first. He was supposed to be the leader. But yet, who was it that took the fruit first? So, don't get too mad at the men. Get mad at great, 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 great grandma Eve. <laughs> get mad at her. Because it says in verse 14, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So we see that Adam knew what he was doing when he did it. Eve didn't. She got tricked. She got deceived. And as a result of that, God set things up where, all right, you know what? I'm going to have the man as the decision maker and the wife as a follower. And I know that might sound terrible, but that's the way that God set it up. And you know what? It's not bad. Whatever God sets up, whatever God's plans, is it's good. And it's not a bad thing. It's not sexist. It's not any of those things. It's the way God set things up. And we need to just be content with it. I'm just, you know, I'm sick of this idea that if you want to be something else, you know, they made a stupid kids movie where the guy on the movie, he, you know, I forgot what his dad wanted him to be, but he always wanted to be the Easter Bunny. And the Easter Bunny, he always wanted to be a drummer. And in the movie, the Easter Bunny became a drummer and the guy became the Easter Bunny. And it's like, that's stupid. All right, <laughs> that's just stupid. But you know, it's a big kids movie. And, but that's the attitude today. If you're a man and you want to be a woman, you can be a woman. I mean, the news media is praising that psycho family out there that has the dad that decided he's going to be a woman, and they're just making a big deal about it just because he wants to be. If you want to be a woman, you can be a woman. No, you can. If you're a man, you're a man, and you're not going to make a very good woman. And I don't, and it's just. I wish I didn't, we didn't even have to talk about this kind of stuff today, but we do because it's going on and it's becoming more and more accepted all the time. And God made things a certain way, and when we mess with that, there's going to be problems. I mean, every time I mean, every time you hear about these crazy families that are just the marriages are falling apart and everything, you know, it's like, well, I wonder why. I wonder why. I heard one story in the news. It was on the news about the first transgender couple. The guy got turned into a woman and the woman got turned into a guy and they were boyfriend and girlfriend and they broke up. Well, big surprise! I mean, that was doomed to failure from the start. That, I mean, that kind of... I, maybe that's a little closer, but... You know, it's sad how messed up our world has gotten in this thinking and God's plan is what works. It's what's right. And for things to 
go on and for you there to be happiness, we've got to stick with a plan. Women play a different but equally important role in the home. We see that in Ephesians chapter 5. God talks about, you know, wives submitting to your husbands as the Lord. And God talks to the husband about loving your wives. There is a there is a place for both of you that is so important. It is so crucial. And we've got many times in homes, we've got the father and the mother both doing the role of the father. And that's not going to work. You've got to, I mean, the woman, she is a better nurturer. She is better at taking, you know, taking care of those kids. And I'm telling you, there's a place for them. And there's a place, there's a place for the husband. There's a place for the wife. And we've got to stay in that place that God gave. And we don't have time to go into all the details of it. But God's plan is what works. Everything that one spouse does, it affects the other. Okay? Like you've, now, we've heard it said before a million times, you know, the husband, he's the head of the household. Okay? Well, if the husband's the head, then what's the wife? And it's not the neck that turns the head. We've all heard that one before. <laughs> but really, if the husband's the head of the home, what is the wife? Well, we see it there in Ephesians chapter 5. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. And I think this is something too. You know, there's a lot of husbands out there that they want to sit around and beat their chest and say, I'm the head of the household. I'm the head of this kingdom. And, you know, you do everything I tell you to do. And sometimes, you know, you cook, you clean, you take care of the kids. And you know what? Why don't you go ahead and provide for the family too? You know, well, you know I'll do my job, but when I'm home, I just get to sit in the couch and give orders because I'm the head of the house. Okay? Is that what God wanted? Is that what God intended with that? No, because look, in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, look in verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Okay, So, the hus- you have the husband that's the head of the wife, and you have Jesus Christ who is the head of the church. Okay, And the church, that's the people, right? The assembly. And so what are we? And He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands and everything. And then he, and, uh, go down to verse twenty. Eight, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. See, what I believe, I believe the husband, he's like the head, and not just like the head physically, but I guess you could say the mind, the leader. And the wife is the body. Okay? That's the part she is. She's the actual body. So I guess a good example of this, I've given this one before. How many of you before, your head said, you know what? I'm going to get up early in the morning and I'm going to go exercise. And then in the morning, your head said, get up and go exercise, but your body said, uh-uh. <laughs> We've all been there before, haven't we? How many of you, your head said before, I'm going to go on a diet, but then your body saw the food that was out there and said, uh-uh. Not going to do that. And the husband is the leader, but the wife is the body. And... We need, as as a you know, an individual, we're, we need to take care of our body, right? There are some things that we just we are not capable of doing. I can say, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to run a world record marathon. My head can tell me that, but you know, my body's probably not going to let me do it. I've said before, you know what? I'm going to go slam dunk a basketball, and I went and I tried. My head said, you're going to do this. You're going to you're going to you're going to get up there. You're going to reach it. But my body said, nah, not even close. And it didn't ha- it didn't happen. And many times, husbands, if they're not a good husband, they're gonna, they'll put too much on the wife more than they can handle. It's like they expect more than it's even possible for them to do. And the truth is, you're supposed to take care of that wife. 
Just like you would take care of your own body. If I was going to run a marathon, I'm going to have to take better care of my body. I'm going to have to eat right. I'm going to have to exercise. There's a lot of things I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to get plenty of rest before it. I mean, I'm going to have to prepare. There's all kinds of things I'm going to have to do if my body is going to be able to handle that type of thing. And there's a lot of marriages falling apart today because the husbands are just brutal on the wives, not taking care of them at all. They put more on them than they could possibly handle. And you've got to understand that, yes, you are the head of the house, but just like sometimes your own body rebels against you when you put too much on yourself, if you're not careful, your wife's going to rebel on you when you put too much on her. And we need to be sensitive to that. We need to think about that. And just because you're the head doesn't mean I just get to do whatever. Kind of like maybe the president. I'm the head. I'm the chief executive. Therefore, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to declare that our country does whatever. You know, our military, we're going to take over the world. Okay, well, you sure our troops can handle that right now? Are you going to get them all killed in doing that? You know, I decided that our country, we're going to give everyone, you know, all the people in the country big screen TVs. Everyone deserves a big screen TV. But can our budget handle that? We're going to give everybody free health care. You know, can we handle those things? And a lot of times they put more, our leaders, our heads put more on our, our nation than what we can handle. And husbands do the same thing to their wives sometimes. And that's wrong because, you know, Christ doesn't do that with us. Christ gives us what we need to do what we need to do as a church. And uh, He does His part. He provides for us. And we need to make sure that we provide because as husbands, we're the providers. If I'm the husband, I tell my wife, hey, all right, I want you to stay home. I want you to take care of the kids. I want you to cook and clean and do all these things. I want, you, I want, I want three meals a day on the table. I want all these things, but uh, I'm not giving you any money to go buy groceries. Kind of like Pharaoh when he wanted him to make the bricks without the straw. And it's like we give our wives sometimes tasks that can't be completed, not understanding that we are the head, but they are the body, and we've got to take care of it. And that is the way that God intended things. And we could talk a lot more about that, but we don't have time to. But when it comes to the family, really, the wife does more work. I mean, they really do. The wife does, I mean, does the majority of the work. And we need to, we need to understand that. And so when it comes to the husband and wife relationship, I think we've got an idea now of kind of how God set things up, how things are supposed to be. And then what I ultimately want to look at, that was all just kind of intro because I, I want to share this with you, and that is really the responsibility of love. Because people talk about love all the time and you know, they, they, the world has no idea what love really is. I mean, there will be some young guy, he'll see a girl that's good looking, I'm in love with that girl. No, you're not. You think she's pretty and you're attracted to that girl. Just like I'm attracted maybe to, you know, you're attracted to a piece of steak or something. All right? A1 sauce. You're attracted to that. Oh, man, I love steak. And that's what you think about that girl. Okay? You don't really love her. Or the girl, I see, she sees this guy. Oh, I love that guy. No, you don't. You have no clue what love really is. And the truth is, when it comes to love, love there's a responsibility to love. Many marriages fall apart because the wife or the husband says, I don't love her anymore. In other words, I don't like them anymore. I don't feel like I like them anymore. And the truth is, we have a responsibility. We are commanded to love our wives. In fact, we don't, we're not going to read through it again, but read Ephesians 5.22-33. Several times you'll see the husband commanded to love the wives, but not one time in that passage where you see the wives commanded to love the husbands. 
he commands over and over, husbands, love your wives. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19, it says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Well, I would God throw that in there. Because you know your wife's going to make you mad sometimes. And you know what? Love her anyway. And you know, same thing, you know, husbands are going to make the wives mad sometimes. But you know what? Love them anyway. You're commanded to love them. And I believe the responsibility is ultimately on the leader of the family. That's why God commands the man over and over again. Love your wife. And especially back in those days too, you know, the wife couldn't just up and leave her husband. You know, it was it was a lot easier for the husband to leave the wife back then than the wife to leave the husband. And God put that responsibility on husbands. You love your wife. You take care of your wife. Whatever happens, you love her. You don't stop loving her. Don't get bitter against her. You love your wife. But really, I can only find one thing in the Bible where it tells the woman. I'm not saying there's nothing else. I can only find one spot where the woman is told to love the husband. And go to Second Titus. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. Let's look what the Bible says there. Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, that they, that they, talking about the older women, may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God be not blasphemed. Now, why would older ladies need to teach a younger lady to love her husband? I mean, aren't they supposed to just meet each other and just fall madly in love and live happily ever after? Isn't that the way it works? I mean, it happens on TV all the time, doesn't it? I mean, it happened on Cinderella. It happened with Snow White. I mean, it happens in all the fairy tales. Isn't that what's supposed to happen? No. You know why I said to teach them that? Because after you get married and all that romance stuff, you know, after the honeymoon and all that goes away, you're going to find out your husband has some issues. You're going to find out maybe he's got some bad manners and you're going to find out he's got some faults and things and your wives are going to get aggravated at their husbands. And you know what? It's important in a church that the older women all right, they've stayed with their husbands through thick and thin. And a lot more thick a lot of times. I guess, you know, through fat and skinny, that's one preacher. He puts that in the marriage vows. Through fat or for skinny. You know, who put up for all those things. They might have some advice. What? You know, I'm wanting to kill my husband this week. Well, honey, I understand. I've wanted to kill my husband for years. But you know, here's what here's what I do. You know, and you give you give advice. I don't know what a wife would give. I can't think of anything I would do that my wife would need advice on loving me for. But I'm sure there's something. <laughs> but uh, you, you all know what I'm talking about. You, it, it takes some work, doesn't it? I mean, we've got someone here. You've been married for years and years and years, and it's not it's not always easy. But you know what you do anyway. I appreciate Miss Hazel. She takes she, her husband. I mean, he, he's got Alzheimer's, but boy, she took care of him. For as long as she possibly could, and you know, but she, and she's still he has to be in a nursing home now, but she still visits him and is there for him. That right there is what love really is. That's what real love is. Now I'm, I guarantee you, Hazel probably had some days where she wanted to strangle him a few times, and where it wasn't easy, and where she wasn't feeling all excited and romantic. But I'm going to tell you right now, that is what love really is, and it's not always easy. Love is something it ha- it does it has to be taught. You don't just fall in love. Okay? You get infatuated, you get incited, you know, you fall into lust. That can happen too. But fall, but love is something that has to be taught. Love is something that grows over time. Okay? It I mean, over years and years. I mean, marriage some marriages they've gone through 
difficult things. Physical problems. You know, uh, maybe you know one of them had cancer that they had to deal with, and maybe almost died. And they, but they stuck together. Why? It wasn't because they were always feeling like it. I guarantee you, there were some rough times. But they held on to each other because they loved each other. Because that's what love really is. It's not just this feeling, this great, wonderful feeling that you have. Love is strengthened by getting through the hard times. Love, it's not, it's not just a feeling. It's something you do even when you don't feel like it. Romans chapter 5 and verse 7. I want to close with just a couple of verses here. Romans 5 verse 7 says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Notice how it says He commended His love. He showed His love. He demonstrated His love to us in that while we were yet sinners. Why did it throw that in there? Because why would someone holy love a sinner? We didn't deserve to be loved by God. But He loved us anyway, didn't He? In fact, we see in the Bible, um, we also see in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, that there was a time when Jesus didn't even feel like going to the cross. Matthew 26, verse 39 says, And He went a little further and fell on His face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou wilt. Jesus taking that cup of sin, becoming our sin, was not something He was excited about doing. It was not something He felt like doing. When Jesus went to the cross, He was demonstrating love like no one ever has before. But you know what? He didn't feel like it. But He did it anyway. And there's going to be days when you don't feel like loving your wife. You don't feel like loving your husband. You don't feel like loving your kids. But you know what? You do it anyway. I can't control and I can't help it that I feel this way. Well, okay, you can't help your feelings, but you can help your actions. And that means, you know what, even when you don't feel like it, you stay together. Even when you don't feel like it, you know, you, you do things for each other. You know, husbands, you keep on taking care of your wife. You keep on being that provider for the family. You know, wife, you keep on lo- you keep on taking care of your husband. You keep on loving those kids. You keep on doing the role that God has told you to do, even when you don't feel like it. That's what love really is. And people all the time, I don't want to be stuck in this loveless marriage. It's not a loveless marriage. It's not that it's a loveless marriage. It's just the feelings aren't going real good right now. I don't want to be stuck in this. Maybe they should be saying, I don't want to be stuck in this negative emotion field marriage. Because that's what's going on right now. And if, if you really love them, no matter how you're feeling, you're going to stick it out. You're going to stick together. And if you do that, I believe over time you'll, the feeling will come back too. Okay, and we, we've all had those moments. We've all had those moments. You all had those moments, you know, where you're maybe like, yeah, "Did I get the right one?" <laughs> maybe not long after you're married. Oh, did I make a mistake? But you know what? Hopefully, you said, "You know what? This is my wife, and it's my responsibility to love." And men, you know, we. We'd like to talk about wives being in subjection and the husbands being the head. But look who the responsibility for love was placed upon over and over and over again. The husbands are told to love the wives as Christ loved the church. One time we can see where older women are supposed to teach the wives how to love their husbands. And I believe that it ultimately falls on leadership. 
And you know, today, Hollywood teenagers, young adults, they know absolutely nothing about love. And I, you know, and I believe that even me who's been married for 14 years, I really don't know that much about love because the truth is when I was 20, my wife and I got married, I thought I knew what love was. I thought I loved her as much as anybody could love their wife. I thought all that, but now looking back, I'm like, I don't love her that much. You say, oh, that sounds terrible. No, it's just because I I didn't, I didn't have the capability of loving her like I do now. Because I knew so little about it. But now we've been married 14 years. I love her more than ever. And I believe that that will grow over time. And I'll look back another 14 years from now and say, you know, when we were married 14 years, I didn't, I didn't even love her that much compared to my love now. But if I get caught up in the things of this world and when we have those bad moments and when we're just not feeling it, I just decide to walk away, call it quits or whatever, then I'm, I'll never experience that real love. And so in the meantime, I have a responsibility to stick it out. And it's not, it's not all easy. There's not one person in here that's been married for over ten years that, or even five years that probably would say, hey, it's all been easy. It's all been, it's all been a walk in the park. Never struggled at all, I guarantee you. It's been tough sometimes, but you stuck it out. Why? Because that's what you're supposed to do. It's, our, it's a responsibility to love. It's not just this feeling that happens. It's something that we just have to do no matter what we're feeling. And that's the way God planned it. That's the way God set it up. And I believe if we stick to that, then uh, we'll be better off. Our families will be stronger. Our marriages, our marriages will last. They'll make it. But if we get caught up in the things of the world, you know, wives, if things are getting tough, you're know, like, you know what? I don't, I don't like this role. I want to be more like a husband. That's not going to work out real good, guys. If you're like, you know what? I don't like this. I want to be more like the wife. That's not going to work. We all need to be in our proper place. I think I have good kids, but if I it's like, you know what, kids, I've decided that the children should be the head of the household. You all are in charge of all the decision making from now on. Well, how do you think that's going to go? <laughs> that's not going to go real well. They're, they're not ready for that. They're not made for it. They're not programmed for it. We've got to stick to God's plan. So with that, let's all stand together right now.